For the ones who work hard to ensure their crew can always go the extra mile. And the ones who get in early so everyone can go home on time. There's Granger, Offering professional-grade supplies backed by product experts so you can quickly and easily find what you need. Plus, you can count on access to a committed team ready to go the extra mile for you. Call, clickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger for the ones who get it done. Ciao. It's time for today's AM Minnesota program. Let's head to Gordy Cosfeld down in Owatonna. Yes, Jerry, we are in Owatonna. We're sitting in the steel County History Center. I'm in the Lang Theater. It's got an awesome stained glass window coming into the room. We're going to be visiting with folks here from the Minnesota Department of Natural Resources. The 11th annual Governor's Pheasant Opener is being hosted by Owatonna. Unfortunately, for the folks here in Owatonna, the weather is not exactly great. As you all know, right? It's rainy, but hey, we got to get used to this kind of thing. So sitting down with me is the commissioner, and also, who do I have here this morning? Uh, Lauren Bennett McGinty, Executive Director of Explore Minnesota. Wow, Executive Director of Explore Minnesota. Yes. Have you been in these parts before? Yes. Yes, I have. So excited to be back and kind of see all of the awesome stuff that Owatonna has done to welcome everyone. And I know I asked you earlier if you'd seen the new Owatonna High School. I was there doing a volleyball match last night, broadcasting it on the radio, and my word, it's awesome. Yeah, I've heard really great things, and I think I'm going to try to stop by later today for that tour. Did you grow up in the cities? or? Yes, just north of the Twin Cities. So uh, in a suburb called Shoreview, grew up there, but I went to Gustavus and uh, live in Minneapolis now, so uh, I'm a Minnesota girl. Are you a pheasant hunter? Um, I have pheasant hunted before. Uh, I won't be doing it this year, but uh, I do enjoy it very much so. Well, if you went to Gustavus, I mean, you're... You're there in pheasant country. Oh, yeah, absolutely. Yeah. And also Sarah Stroman is the commissioner of the Minnesota Department of Natural Resources, the job that I would love to have. Well, it's the best job in the world, so I no doubt that you would love to have it. It is an amazing job getting to work with people um, within the department, but Minnesotans all over the state who love our outdoors and our natural resources. And you're going out tomorrow morning, you were saying. I will be out there tomorrow morning. And you will pheasant hunt every year? Um, yeah, usually uh, mostly associated with the governor's opener. Um, you know, the reality is fall is a busy time of year if you're an outdoors person. Uh, it's it's grouse season. Uh, the deer firearm season will be coming up in a few weeks. And uh, we're, we're fall anglers in my house, too. So uh, there's no shortage of outdoor activities to enjoy all across Minnesota, including pheasant hunting in Owatonna this weekend. We are so blessed in the state, are we not, with our natural resources? We are. We are very blessed blessed in Minnesota. And I think, you know, it, it comes, we have a diversity of, of resources, um, you know, obviously with the, the North Shore and the Great Lakes, the forests, um, the prairies and, and the transition in between. Um, but we also have such a tradition of stewarding those resources here. So not only do we have the diversity, we have really high quality resources and we have people who are really engaged and dedicated in that. And I think that's what makes Minnesota special. I'm going to digress a bit from the pheasant hunting because I grew up in Spring Valley, Minnesota, in far southeast Minnesota. I have I, been there. I grew up, we had pheasants thick as can be when I was a kid. Not many down there now, 
a lot of turkeys, but not a lot of pheasants. But I wanted to touch on CWD because it really has ravaged that area of the state. What's the latest in that? Yeah, well, um, you know, very disappointing situation to have chronic wasting disease in the state of Minnesota. Um, you know, as a department, we're very concerned uh, with making sure we do everything we can. We have a very aggressive approach to contain uh, that disease to the places um, where it currently exists. And, and the hot spot is southeast Minnesota, unfortunately, um, and to prevent the spread. And, you know, we've um, we're holding we're holding okay. I mean, the reality is um, the infection rate, uh, you know, statewide is, is not very high. Um, so that's the good news. The bad news is we have, you know, we now have it not just in the southeast, but in fact, we just had a, a positive found in Grand Rapids this week. Um and other parts of the state, but um, you know, it, it's a it's a major priority of our department to make sure, again, as I said, that we are monitoring the spread of the disease, that we're doing that surveillance. We really appreciate the help of hunters submitting those samples um, because that's that's going to be what it takes uh, to to make sure that we can limit this disease so that it doesn't. Um, have more of an impact on our deer population and on the hunting experience. Yeah. Well, a lot of other states have experienced it, too, and it seems to me that they've just kind of said, well, we got to live with it. There's not much we can do about it. Yeah, and I think, um, you know, the, the difference with Minnesota is um, – through our surveillance efforts, we, we caught it early here. And so, you know, what I understand from, from our wildlife health folks is, is we had a choice in Minnesota. We have a choice, um, to pursue aggressive, uh, management of it to try to keep it contained or we could choose to let go. And, you know, we made the choice that, that we want to do everything we can to, to fight it and keep it limited. Now, I don't know which person might have this number or even if you have the number, tourism, and hunting go hand in hand, right? I mean, these hunters that come to town are tourists. They are. I would say average Minnesotan probably spends an average of $1,000 each year on hunting, although I think I'm looking at the commissioner, and I'm pretty sure there's a lot who spend a lot more than $1,000. Oh, gotcha. Uh, <laughs> but the tourism aspect of it is significant, right? You're coming in from around the region or around the country. You're staying in a hotel. You're buying local groceries or eating at local restaurants. And I think that that is just such a big boon. So whether it's fishing in the spring and summer or it's hunting in the fall and winter, you know, you have really amazing opportunities to support local communities. And that's what, you know, we get excited about. And that's why we partner with the DNR so that we can together be talking about the great aspects of it because it does all work together. Right. Uh, do we have a number? I'm just curious because how many people from out of state pheasant hunt here in Minnesota? Do we know license-wise? Um, I don't have the the numbers for out of state hunters, but um, what I do know is that uh, hunters spend hundreds of thousands of dollars every year uh, in in Minnesota. So you know that's not an insignificant impact to communities like Owatonna and other communities that experience that um, that uh, growth in anglers and, and hunters. Um, and overall, outdoor recreation is a $10 billion industry in Minnesota. So when you take hunting and fishing and parks and those kinds of things, that's a really big economic impact to our state. It's a major contributor. It might be the biggest. 
Uh, it's up there. I mean, it puts it on par with, with agriculture and, you know, other things that we are known for. And so that's, as, as Lauren said, one of the reasons um, that we are working more closely together, um, not just to promote um, the conservation and stewardship of our outdoors, but support the, the tourism aspects and, and the business growth of it. We have to take a just two-minute break here and get the opening market report. Got to let those farmers know what's happening in the world of markets, and then we'll come back and visit with the Explore Minnesota Executive Director and the Commissioner of the Minnesota Department of Natural Resources sitting here in the Lang Theater with a beautiful stained glass window. I love that. On the side of the door in this just incredible room that we're in at the Steele County History Center in Owatonna. Jerry, take it away. Thank you, Gordy. The market update being sponsored by the KDHL Agro Boosters. They include T&W Towing, your heavy-duty towing and recovery experts, also Northland Buildings. For quality post-frame construction, go to their website, northlandbuildings.com. And 321 Fence in Faribault, specializing in top-quality fences for residential and commercial properties. Livestock fences, too. Contact Mike at go321fenceinc.com. On Friday mornings, soybeans and corn are lower. Cattle and hogs are mixed. I'm John Perkins with a Brownfield Market Update. The path to higher yields is now at your fingertips. Download the Stein Seed app today and access valuable in-depth agronomic information, their seed lineups, and more. Soybeans are down, giving back some post-USDA report gains, still watching U.S. harvest activity and weather in South America. Unknown did buy more than 117,000 tons of U.S. soybeans this morning. They also bought 100,000 tons of U.S. soybean meal. November beans are down nine and a quarter at 1280 and a half. January's eight lower at $13 and three quarters. December soybean meals $2.30 lower at $3.9060. And December soybean oils up five at $53.42. Corn seen a correction, expecting more near-term U.S. harvest delays, though, and mixed planning weather in Argentina and Brazil. Export sales were down in the week, but still solid, mostly to Mexico. December's four lower at 592, and March corn's down four and a quarter at 507 and a quarter. And Chicago, Kansas City, and Minneapolis wheat are all mixed on bull spreading. Uh, they are helped out, though, in the nearbys by the dry weather in Argentina and Australia, and China buying more U.S. Uh, soft red winter this morning. Last week's wheat export sales are marketing near high thanks to China. December Chicago's eight higher at 579 and a half. Watching harvest activity, December cotton's up 51 at 85.43, and November rice is steady at 15.93. Live cattle are down, and feeders are mostly lower, waiting to see how much direct trade's left to be done. Probably not a whole lot. December live's 20 lower at 187.60, and February's down 15 at 191.85. November feeders are down 67 at 252.90. January's 57 lower at 253.90. And hogs are mixed, mostly weak, with uncertainties about sustained demand. December's up two cents at 70.12. February leans down 17 at 74.85. Crude oil's up sharply. John Perkins, Brown AM Minnesota on the Mighty 920 KDHL. The market update also sponsored by these KDHL Ag Reboosters. Craig Keller at the Keller Insurance Agency in Nearstrand. Craig helped protect all things important to you. And LNK Concrete LLC in Faribault, locally owned, locally operated, custom concrete, flat work, and handyman services, high quality work. For more information, go to l-kconcretellc.com. 
Well, let's head back down to Owatonna and Mr. Gordy Cosfell. Yeah, we're at the Steel County History Center in Owatonna. We're not too far from the beautiful new high school here that I got to. Well, I didn't get to tour, but I got to broadcast in the gym. They let me use their Ethernet. It was pretty awesome in 2023 to be able to do that. I've got with me the executive director, Lauren Bennett McGinty. That's an Irish name, McGinty, right? It's my husband's last right. name. Yes, but Irish. But, yes. but it's Irish. Yeah. Yeah. Is he from Shoreview as well, or did you meet actually? Yes. Well, we we both lived in the same place, but didn't meet until after we graduated high school. So there you go, and went to college together. Well, so, how yeah. interesting is that? A big small town. <laughs> but you knew each other. I mean, you knew who you were, or not? No. Yeah, we met in college, so. <laughs> awesome. And uh, we also have with me Sarah Stroman. She's the commissioner of the Minnesota Department of Natural Resources. As you get older, your memory fades a little bit. Just, just want to let you ladies know that. So, as the executive director of tourism, do you go to all of these events? Will you be at the deer opener and that sort of thing? Yes, I will. I mean, I think because there's just clearly a very strong connection between welcoming hunters to cities and towns all over the state um, and then also kind of almost handing it off to the DNR to talk about safety and, and land stewardship. And, I mean, it all comes full circle um, with the work that we do, too, because we want to make sure visitors are being good stewards when they're here as well. Commissioner, are we seeing... Uh Increase in pheasants? We did see an increase in pheasants this year. Um, 10% were up over last year statewide. Uh, in the southwest, we're up about 100%. Which is kind of interesting because we had a rough winter. We did. We did. And, you know, I think um, what's what's great about it is, you know, weather and uh, habitat are the two main factors that uh, that go into pheasant population numbers. And so, you know, we, we don't get to control the weather at the Minnesota DNR, but we do get to work on habitat. So, you know, I think it's um, a, a good sign and, you know, hopefully um, folks will get to experience some of that habitat here in the Owatonna area. We have uh, about 2,000 acres of public wildlife management areas that the DNR manages here. And um, so, uh, you know, encourage people to get out and explore those areas. In fact, later today, you're going to celebrate the Somerset Wildlife Management Area. We are. I am really looking forward to that. Um, you know, we have about a million, uh, nearly a million and a half acres of wildlife management areas across the state. Um, and that system really is, is the backbone of habitat and hunting opportunities for Minnesotans across the state. Um, the Somerset Wildlife Management Area has, has a great history. It dates back to the 50s, back to the start of the WMA program, which really started as a, as a grassroots initiative, people concerned about the loss of wetlands and wanting to make sure we preserve habitat for uh, you know, variety of species of wildlife. Um, and, and I think this shows now to celebrate the latest 40 acres now to what is a 440-acre wildlife area um, shows that we're in this for the long haul. Uh, number one, and uh, also really highlights partnerships. Uh, this this particular acquisition wouldn't have happened with the DNR alone. It was made possible in partnership with the Isaac Walton League, the Steel County uh, Pheasants Inc. group, and uh, the National Wild Turkey Federation. So um, excited to celebrate that partnership in addition to the, the habitat. So what exactly are you going to be doing? You're, you're riding out to the area. 4.30 this afternoon, there's going to be a ceremony. 
Yeah, we're going to um, officially dedicate that area, and um, due to the rain and the weather, we've actually had to move it indoors, oh. uh, so the, the ceremony will take place at the fairgrounds instead of out at the the WMA, but it will be an opportunity uh, to hear from our area wildlife manager about um, the special habitat value of that Somerset WMA and to hear from some of the partners that made this latest 40-acre acquisition possible and then the work uh, that is ongoing to, to restore and enhance that habitat to make sure it is the, the best it can be and, and make sure there's good native prairie out there for pheasants and uh, lots of other wildlife. If there are landowners listening that are thinking, you know, that might be a great legacy to leave when I leave the planet to donate some land. How do they go about doing that? Yeah, well, the best way is um, to get in touch with uh, lo a local DNR office, um, either a local uh, wildlife manager or uh, at our headquarters for, for the southern region in uh, in New Ulm, um, and let us know, you know, what, what you have and, and what your thoughts are about that legacy, and, and we'll see uh, how it fits within the portfolio of lands that we manage. But um, if, it, if it doesn't work out for DNR, there are lots of programs that private landowners um, can look into. I would be remiss if I didn't give a shout out to our friends and partners at uh, Steel County Soil and Water Conservation District. They have worked with landowners to enroll about 5,000 acres in this county in private uh, permanent conservation easements. So that's a huge habitat contributor in this area. Right. Absolutely. So statewide. Um, those programs exist statewide, so no matter where you are, um, either you know work through your local soil and water conservation district or call your local DNR office. What's the next on the plate for you? Uh, well, I would say that uh, in general with tourism plans, I mean, obviously we'll be part of the deer hunting opener, um, but really for us it's all about the winter season. Um, I have to say Minnesotans do winter like nobody else, and we've been recently doing some research just about kind of what people think about Minnesota, and, you know, obviously cold comes up a lot, but I think a lot of them are more impressed with the fact that we're out in the cold, right? We're doing outdoor recreation in the cold. We're cross-country skiing or ice fishing or whatever that looks like and I think that that's really exciting for us because um, again we kind of do it like nobody else does everybody else is a little bit afraid and no matter what the temperature is we're out there enjoying it so uh, I think we we have a lot to offer there let's embrace where we live right absolutely and for me I mean being out in the cold it's just about wearing all the right clothing I think so uh, we always say that to people who are coming from somewhere else it's about the clothing and not the weather so just dress warm <laughs> So do we get a lot of tourism in the winter? I mean, people coming into the state. We do. We've gotten certainly more in the past few years because we've actually shifted a lot more of our marketing dollars into winter tourism. So a little bit of the drive market, fly market, but a lot of people interested in that. We've got a lot of really interesting winter festivals too, like the Great Northern Festival, um, which is sort of trying to be um, more or less the, uh, the sort of arts and culture festival of winter and, and be that staple um, activity that people can enjoy. But we've also got like the winter... World Pond Hockey Tournament and uh, Hockey Day in Minnesota is coming up in War Road this year. So lots and lots of fun stuff to do in the middle of winter. I remember when I graduated from high school, a friend of mine and I drove down to Florida. This was after graduations. We're talking June, June in Florida, right? It was hot. It was muggy. You couldn't walk barefoot because it was so hot. 
in Florida. You couldn't walk barefoot. So anyway, we met these ladies down in Florida, and they thought we lived in igloos up here. I'm not exaggerating. That's exactly what they thought, that we lived in igloos. Can you believe that? Um, a little bit I can, but, you now, know. the 70s, right? We didn't have the Internet and all that stuff. So. Right. I mean, I think there is that misconception that it's just cold and always snowing and there's nothing to do, right? But we have been getting a lot more interest, especially from southern states. And, of course, I think with the climate kind of changing as significantly as it is, Minnesota remains one of those places that has distinctly four seasons that you can enjoy. Um, and we have lots and lots of activities for people to do every single season. I'm going to guess. Fall is your best time, of, your favorite time of year. You know, fall actually is my favorite time of year. And um, one, because there are so many outdoor opportunities, but I was explaining to someone um, earlier today that, you know, as Minnesotans, we love spring too, right? We're always happy to see spring after winter. But many of the activities that you can do in the spring, if, if you miss a window or a weekend, you can do those activities in the summer. That's not true in the fall, right? Once the snow and the ice come, uh, that's over and you have to wait till, till spring again. So, um, I think fall is, is pretty special. Um, and I like to make the most of the window, whether it is the hunting seasons or it is the, the fall colors, um, getting in some of that last, uh, fall fishing. I think Sunday might be a musky fishing, uh, day for, for my family. Um, there's just there's so much to do, and, you know, it won't come around for another year. So you're heading into French Lake in Rice County? That's a good musky fishing lake. Uh, I think I'm going to head back to the cities. Um, my son is is uh, hanging out there this weekend, so um, probably hitting Lake Minnetonka on Sunday. Oh, okay, good musky fishing there, too, huh? There is, yeah. Are you a fisher person? Um, I do go uh, angling, and I, I am fortunate enough to have gone twice now with the uh, commissioner here, and we always have fun. It might always be cold and rainy when we go on any of our any of our hunting or fishing trips together, but um, it's always always a good time. So you guys obviously get along. We do, yes. Your yes. departments coordinate a lot of things together? Yes, we do. I mean, all of the openers, of course, but um, the commissioner and I are regularly chatting and coming up with ideas. We recently introduced a new partnership between us, um, our Department of Employment and Economic Development, and then the Iron Range Rehab and Rehabilitation Board um, to really explore more opportunities about outdoor recreation. So it's called the Outdoor Recreation Industry Partnership, um, and it's just collaborative between our four agencies to promote economic development for outdoor recreation, stewardship, um, diversity in people and places that um, celebrate that. And then uh, I think what's really interesting about it is we talk about all the businesses in Minnesota that are dedicated to outdoor recreation. Uh, we have a ton. I mean, we've got everything from like Red Wing Boots that we were all just talking about the other day to, uh, you know, Alumacraft or, uh, I mean, even up north, we've got uh, Frost River that we've done a tour of before. So lots of really great opportunities for people to buy local and support our local economy that way, but also really fun and exciting for us to have those companies be on the national or international map and really talk about how great it is to be a business here in Minnesota that supports its natural resources. So the biggest challenge, I'm guessing, to your department is dollars, right? Having enough dollars to market. Always. 
<laughs> but, you know, we got our biggest budget increase in this last year. We're really thankful for that. Um, but we continue to kind of be behind some of our neighbors in the region. Um, but I do think our governor's office is incredibly supportive of that and sees partnerships like the one between us and the other departments as well as just between DNR and Explore Minnesota and is constantly talking to us about ideas about how we can be, you know, more supportive, what other dollars are out there. Um, and then, of course, it's on us as uh, stewards of the taxpayer dollars to ensure that we're being efficient and effective. So we're always innovating with the way we're doing marketing to make sure that we're reaching the most people possible, even if our budget isn't as big as some other states. So it, it's um, it's more fun than it sounds because uh, sometimes you just get to be really creative when you don't have a huge budget. You know, better bang for your buck, you're saying. Exactly. You have to make sure that that 30 seconds that someone sees on an ad somewhere is the best 30 seconds they saw in all the ads. Or heard. Yes. On the radio, too. We are on the radio. That's or heard. Correct. Yes. <laughs> so, Commissioner, how about you? Your biggest challenge? Is it the budgetary issue as well? or? That's certainly part of it. Um, you know, I think, uh, we've, we've clearly, you know, seen the effects, um, of not having sufficient budget in Minnesota. You can see the age of some of our facilities, uh, in our state parks. Our fish hatcheries are still operating oh, on their original heavens. infrastructure from the 1950s. Yeah, Waterville. Thank heavens for getting that done, right? Yeah, we, we were funded, um, in this historic budget, uh, to, to completely modernize the Waterville fish hatchery. And, um, you know, we received $150 million to modernize outdoor recreation experiences. Um, that won't get to everything, but it will get to, to some really big things. Um, we also have an initiative called For the Outdoors, and that's going to look at long-term funding, how we keep a sustainable flow of funding over time, because the reality is all of the things that Lauren was just talking about, the businesses um, that support our economy, but, you know, are based in the outdoors, the tourism, that all stems from having those diverse, high-quality resources. So if we can't manage uh, those resources and we can't create those modern facilities that people want, none of the rest of that stuff happens. And so I think that's one of the things um, that I work hard to remind people is part of that experience. It's not just the building. It's not just the, the staff that provide programming and expertise. It's also the resources. And, and the quality resources that drive it all. And so we've got to make sure we're investing in caring for those resources. Next, next generations, are they showing uh, licenses, sales going up and that sort of thing? Or do we need to work on educating those young people about getting into the great outdoors? It's something we need to work on. I mean, generally, you know, when I came into this job in 2019, um, if you looked at the demographics of the state of Minnesota and you looked at the demographics of the people who are using DNR facilities, there was a big gap there, and that's concerning, right? And so we are working really hard to, to close that gap with, with youth, with, um, you know, communities of color, newer immigrants, and, and we're making some progress um, on that, but, but we have a big focus on connecting people to the outdoors because it not only generates that economic activity, uh, it's not only fun for those people, but, you know, it's good for our health and it creates those stewards for the next generation. And, you know, one of the opportunities we just got to see out at the Owatonna Gun Club was the high school uh, clay target league and the, the Owatonna trap team out there. And, 
You know, there are now um, high school fishing leagues, too. My son fishes um, for the Wyzetta High School team. And I think programs like that and uh, really help engage youth uh, and engage the next generation and, and uh, keep that stewardship tradition alive. Yeah, dag never They didn't have that stuff when I was a kid. I know, right? It's been a lot of fun. It, it is, and I think, you know, I, I experienced as a parent when my son was young, um, there were lots of opportunities, you know, from the time kids are two to, to join hockey or join uh, t-ball or baseball, and uh, there weren't those experiences if your kid was more outdoor-oriented, and, and that was a little bit isolating for, you know, for us um, in the early years, and uh, I thank our lucky stars that we found a junior fishing club, um, and, you know, we found our people, so to speak, and my son found his people and we've made uh you know lifelong friendships out of that club and as he grew into high school so i'm just you know i'm a i'm a big believer because i've seen it personally what those what those opportunities provide and as you know because you mentioned it earlier the entire family can do these things together as they're growing Absolutely. And, you know, I think, I think that's important, um, to recognize that, you know, that may not have been the case, um, some generations ago. It may have been the, the dad going out and hunting with the buddies. Um, and, and the reality is now it's, it's a lot of family activity. It's certainly true with my family. And so creating those experiences that the whole family, um, can enjoy is, is part of our, our shared mission. All right. Well, there'll be a lot of blaze orange out tomorrow. There certainly will be. In these parts for the Oatana hosting the governor's pheasant opening. And this evening, I should note, there are some changes, right, on the schedule. There, there's going to be a big downtown event, but that's going to be moved indoors. Yes, yeah, so it's going to be moved indoors. It'll be at the Steele County Fairgrounds, but still same fun and, and music that we had planned sure. before, so all the food trucks will be there, the music will still be there. Um, the only difference is that it's under a roof, so we can all have fun without getting wet. you know which building they'll be in? Um, I believe it's in the beer hall, the beer garden building. Oh, that's the perfect building. What was I think? Yeah, the, I mean, that's got to be the biggest one, right? <laughs> you, got, you got the stage there and everything. Yeah. Silly me. I don't know why I would have thought of anything else. It was nice meeting you. Thanks for being on AM Minnesota. I know we've had you, Commissioner, on the phone before, but I never had a chance to visit with you in person, and I appreciate your being on the program. You guys can have so many other things you could be doing than talking to Gordy on KDHL. Well, we're, we had a great time, and it's always fun to just chat about our jobs because we do have some of the best jobs in state government. You certainly do. Pleasure talking with you, Gordy. Thank you yeah. so much Thanks, for making time. Appreciate it very much. That is today's AM Minnesota, Jerry. Thank you, Gordy. Great job. Just kind of too bad the weather isn't cooperating, but we're from Minnesota. We learn how to deal with the weather no matter what Mother Nature throws at us. And we still got some light rain falling in the Faribault area. It's still raining down to the farm, too. I'm up to 1.9 inches of rain now in southern Minnesota. Well, we got the Nash News from ABC then. Pete will have another cold. Without the ones like you who work tirelessly to keep things running, everything would suddenly stop. Hospitals, factories, schools, and power plants, they all depend on you. No matter the weather, emergency, or time of day, you're the ones who get it done. At Granger, we're here for you with professional-grade industrial supplies. Count on real-time product availability and fast delivery. Call, clickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger for the ones who get it done.